Healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review of just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. Welcome back, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. My name is Kevin, coming to you live-ish from a tiny shack in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Going to be talking about one of music's most revered bands, I think, uh, today, or at least modern music. Talk about Wilco. If you listen to this podcast, you know uh, we are big Wilco fans here. Go back and check out our, sort of, I think it was like the 25th anniversary, 20th anniversary of Summer Teeth we did recently. Uh, that was a fun one, but uh, this is a band that for many has defined indie rock. Uh, they are the pinnacle. Uh, they have continued to mutate over the years, starting from a little alt-country outfit into some weird uh, Beach Boys-worthy power pop, and then... Uh, sort of avant noise, starting with Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, The Ghost is Born. And then the latter day Wilco has moved into some sort of weird Wilco verse, uh, adult contemporary Wilco. And they, uh, they continue to sort of defy expectations. And uh, on top of that, they're a completely different band live than they are on record. They, they are, uh, as, as I like to say, they know how to band very well. They 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 are a band, and and they are one of uh, one of our greatest, as history is proving. So, when they come out with an album, Ode to Joy, their eleventh album, we're going to talk about it. Joining me is going to be Matt Dwyer uh, from Helping Friendly Pod to talk about that, and you're going to get a little. We're going to talk about what kind of Wilco fan he is. I think that's important to this conversation, but. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing today. Before that, I want to talk to you about the Osiris Podcast Network. If you go to OsirisPod.com, you're going to find a whole bevy of shows. They just relaunched their website. You can see our interview with Jay Blakesburg up there right at the top of that. Uh, shows about jam band, shows about uh, lost interviews, shows about politics. There's going to be videos. There's news, uh, all kinds of stuff. Dead to Me, our sister podcast is one of those. Our friend that broke down pod. Like I said, help. help friendly pod that uh, Matt is on and uh, and they're doing a great job and they just continue to grow 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 so uh, so go check them out we're happy to be a partner with them and they are actually happy to be a partner with jambase.com so if your thing is just simply jam bands go to jambase.com and you can check out all of the great new news on jam bands like fish like uh, tea leaf green are they still around I don't know. Uh, Vita Blue, like uh, Umphreys McGee, you know, all, all that stuff. Don't don't lie like you don't know what that is. You know what that is. Uh, we all had a phase, and uh, and sometimes that phase is actually pretty good. It goes on. but So check out OsirisPod.com and JamBase.com. And with that out of the way and the bills paid, let's, let's go meet Matt over the internet. So we get into Wilco's new album, Ode to Joy. Here is the, this is not the first single off this, this is the best single, in my opinion. Everyone hides. Tell yourself the story, where the secrets twist like vines. And you know where the bodies are buried, but you can't remember where you buried the mines. Oh, no one denied. 
That's a little bit of Everyone Hides off of Wilco's 11th album, Ode to Joy. This is uh, a band that people have feelings about Matt Dwyer. And I want to know, first of all, what kind of Wilco fan you are. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. When did you get on the Wilco bus? 2007. Which oh two thousand seven two thousand seven. Now do do you want uh, I can caveat that a- album. So let's go with album. At Sky Blue Sky. But I actually saw, I saw them uh, on the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot tour, okay. and okay. did not I did not like them. Uh, and then I was like Wilco's not for me. And, and yeah. when Sky Blue Sky came out, a friend of mine was like, "Man, I don't know. You should really listen to this album. I think it's your speed." And I listened to uh, like the. F- that they were coming out to, to Merriweather. I was going to see them. Um, he was yeah. like, if you like what you hear, come to Merriweather tonight. And I put on the first track of Sky Blue Sky either way. And about 30 seconds in, I was like, that's it. I'm done. These guys are my band. Yeah. Yeah. Side note, I actually shot that show at Merriweather. So I was in the pit photographing. Oh, nice. Um, so from that, from that perspective, though, you said you didn't like necessarily what they were doing on Yankee Hill Del Foxtrot. What, uh, how versed are you in your catalog? Are you just sky blue sky forward or no, are you no, like yeah. celebrate so, the entire catalog? I, so I, I, I'm extremely familiar with the entire catalog. I would say that starting with Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, I mean, the 90s albums for some reason, I love the songs, but I don't love the, the like the production on the records. And so, okay. with the exception of Mermaid Avenue, I never listened to them, um, but I do love those songs. Okay, well, this is a short podcast, Matt, and it's, it's, good, to, it's good to know that. Um, not not even summer teeth. This, this is the this is the the Rubicon that everybody I think Wilco fans have to cross is, is summer teeth. Um, you know, I the, the reason I brought this up is because you know I've been a lifelong Wilco fan. I've been a fan of them uh, since he was in Uncle Tupelo, uh, and so AM when it came out that was yeah, when ninety four ninety five. Uh, right around the end of college, and it would just uh, it seemed right. So I've been able to watch this band grow, and a lot of people watch this band grow, but it definitely hit a critical mass at Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Yeah, I, and, I remember hearing a lot about the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot when it came out, 
I think for me in the late nineties and early two thousands, I was wrapped up in fish and the jam band thing. Mm -hmm. and so there was at that it's a, people may not realize now how much the lines are blurred, but back then it was kind of like you were a jam guy or you were an indie guy and you didn't yes. really cross those lines. And I think it was one, you know, once I got a little bit older and I heard sky blue sky and stuff that I was like, all right, now let me open up to this band. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so we have this this, this sort of different types of fandom, and uh, and for the record, for anybody, uh, Sky Blue Sky is an amazing point to jump on. That that album uh, I, from old time Wilco fans, it got a lot of shit, and people were like, "No, this isn't the Wilco I remember," and and that's gonna sort of that'll feed our discussion of this album pretty well because from there, I think they went. Um, that that was after this run of Summer Teeth, which was the one that. Mm, people didn't really know then this whole new fandom comes on yankee hotel foxtrot ghost is born i think is the one that the people are really the for a lot of people that's the sound of wilco that's what they want and sky blue sky was a, a more mature sound that a lot of people just uh, they were kind of turned off by it but then there were people like you who kind of like saw it for what it was a great fucking album um from there though you're talking about a band that's been around for like 15, 16 years, like a long, a long time. And their output from there uh, sort of did, to my mind, uh, a lot of what Later Day R.E.M. Later Day R.E.M. did with uh, Minus Bill Berry. So you have Wilco the album and The Whole Love, which, uh, you know, weren't my favorite. I, I can say as a, a lifelong Wilco fan, Tweety sort of lost me. And I don't know, were you feeling those as much as Sky Blue Sky? I, no, probably not. And I, I think for me, there was a little bit more excitement still because at that point, you know, I was only a couple years into liking them. So there was a lot more excitement. I had only seen them a couple of yeah. times. And, um, but I will say that when I look back at those records, even though there's stuff on there that I like, you know, in in one of the things we can talk about with this record is kind of anticipation of like what was going to happen, you know, coming out of this break. And yeah. um, I was kind of wondering, you know, how it was going to affect their sound. And I think it, I realized at that point in their career, whereas like so many of the other records had a very distinct sound from record to record. Um, when you, they got into that period of, you know, run of about three albums, three or four albums, they they came up with generic Wilco. Like I'd listen to yes. the new <laughs> record yeah. and like I'd listen to Star Wars or something. I'd be like, yeah, that, yeah. Sound, that sounds like Wilco. Um Whereas they, when they got to Schmilko, though, I felt like they actually came up with something new and creative, and I was kind of excited to see, like, okay, well, is that the new Wilco sound, or like, what's going to happen now with this with this new album? Yeah, and and Schmilko, the funny thing was, is like it's kind of the same time difference. So, Whole Love was two thousand eleven. Star Wars and Schmilko were within a year of each other, right? And it it did, and, and Star Wars, I think, was exactly that generic sound. It was it was if somebody told you about Wilco, and then Wilco was like, oh, let's be that band. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I love Star Wars, but uh, but uh, there was an energy to it that was different from Wilco the album and the whole love. So now it's been three years since that, and and uh, I those earlier albums past Sky Blue Sky sort of color my appreciation of Wilco. I've seen them so many times at this point. I know what to expect. I think they are truly uh, an analog these days to the Grateful Dead, and that they are very different on album than they are live. Like you, you can have a completely separate discussion about Wilco, the live show, as opposed to Jeff Tweedy's output on album. But this album was put forward as 
um, sort of like heavier folk songs. It's a little stripped down. Yeah. Uh, it's a little. It's a little more. Uh, it's not political, which well, not ad- overtly political, which is sort of weird to me, and has always been weird to me about this band. Uh, and and I don't know if it always hits the mark. I, I want to play a little song and and get into this a little more. But this is later in the album. This is a song called "Hold Me Anyway," and it it sort of um, it combines all. I love it because it combines all these elements that are, make this album to me actually pretty great, and and then colors it with some stuff that you got the power pop on the whole love. So here's a little bit of "Hold Me Anyway." Times, nothing I can't keep. It's the same as when I sleep If time is just a kill Then I will Explodes in that chorus, you know. You think you're in this. Uh, uh, Jeff Tweedy feels a gram, for lack of a better word. <laughs> he, he, you know, I mean, Jeff Tweedy has feels. And he wants you to have feels, and that's all his stuff is about feels. And uh, and then it just explodes into this like glorious like raspberries, uh, you know, early or late '60s like power pop stuff that they were they were playing with, and to me didn't do effectively on earlier albums. But here it just feels. It feels not only like good, but it feels necessary because there's a lot, there's a lot of heavier stuff on this album, and I think that's putting it mildly. Yeah, I love the um, when all the guitars come in on this track. It's almost like a Brian May thing. Um, with yep. Like there's layered, uh, har- harmonized guitars. This is honestly one of the songs on the album that I think is a little bit more what I expected. I think it's a little bit closer to kind of the the Schmilko sound, um, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of the other tracks on the album I felt were a, a departure and a new a new sound that I was not expecting. Yeah, well, they they pulled a lot from the the uh, album started with Glenn Kochi and Jeff Tweedy, just sort of they had they right. were the ones who had spare time, and if you remember, you know, back in or if you read up on Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, they switched drummers sort of halfway through that, and Glenn that's when Glenn Kochi 
joined the band and he was really focused on weird percussion and that album is saturated with it and i think this album is saturated with it uh, more uh, more directly uh, they are in in interviews they've talked about how there's a lot of this and i think there's no less than three songs that you can hear this in where it's meant to evoke the sound of marching right uh, as as fascism marches across the land <laughs> and 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 it causes uh it makes a lot of the songs on this thing uh, sort of uh uneasy this is not necessarily a feel good will go album yeah especially the, that run of the first like three songs or so um yeah. all have that same style sparse percussion just mm -hmm. straight four four beats you mentioned marching which i think makes sense i think there's also a degree of like almost like a native american um tribal kind of beat just like very sure. um you can hear some, like a little bit in the background some things shaking and you know maybe some tambourines and things like that but it's very very straight and as opposed to the schmilko sound which was sparse like this but had some swing and drive to it this is very very just like in in the box um you know uh like you said the the marching sound um and and i think that's way different than anything i've heard especially since glenn joined the band and added all that percussion flourishment to, to their sound yeah they haven't sounded like this since yankee Oto foxtrot like period the, 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 that was a different kind of sonic uh, exploration that they did that he just didn't they they never revisited um, and, and, you know, I was trying to think of the times then, like what was going on and it just didn't, uh, I, I can't like, it, it doesn't feel like it was born out of anxiety unless that was just like personal anxiety. Cause that's when Jeff Tweedy was do going through stuff with, uh, drug addiction, but, but it, but it definitely, uh, it, it shakes something loose when you listen like to say you're listening to a song like we were loving. song keeps building and building and honestly it's the only point on this album where like Nels Klein is let out of the holster yeah and and it's and it's it's unsettling it's just like it this is this weird noise rock from a band that uh you know just like 
right after that is love is everywhere beware and so it's a simple acoustic strummer i get a lot of anxiety from from this record um yep. it feels claustrophobic uh, we, I'm glad you mentioned we were lucky because, um, I, I actually would peg that almost as a little bit more a ghost is born sound where it's like, yeah, the, the, the level of anxiety and confusion really just started to boil over there. Um, but like to, you know, kind of close the loop on the, the percussion, everything it's, it's almost like they made radio cure the record, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's really kind of freaky and, and you're, um, you're looking over your shoulder while you listen to it. It, there's just something about it. It's I yeah, I don't revisit Yankee Hill Till Foxtrot a lot, but but I'll hit that song like any day of the week. It's just uh, it's I think it's Wilco at its peak. Um, you know, with that in mind, that's what they were trying to do. Like there's a, there's a quote, another quote from Jeff Tweedy that says, and it's a weird landscape to make art in because at the same time I don't want to talk about it directly. And he's talking about Trump at that point. Like I don't want him or that to own my joy or my art. They don't deserve it. They can't have everything. So that allowed for the music to provide a lot of the commentary. This is where I run into a few problems with this album. Uh, not that it's political, that it's actually weirdly apolitical. Mm. Um, you know, we're all under pressure, uh, weird pressure that, that I don't think people, at least not in America, have, have quite gotten used to experiencing. And, in many ways, it's this adds to that, and and it's almost like I, I I know the intention behind these songs is to offer comfort, but it's like we you know sometimes you don't need a pillow, you need somebody like raging against the machine for for lack of a better word, and I'm not sure this gets there. It's funny because I hadn't thought about it through the political lens, and I I also will say I'm not the most lyrically oriented person. Um, right. I, I tend to focus on the music, but what I was finding myself trying to figure out as I did, you know, try to pay a little bit more attention to the lyrics uh, when, as I was listening is I couldn't figure out if he, Tweety was talking about himself or other people. Right. Um, and the reason why I find myself questioning that is if I'm sure you probably read his, his autobiography, mm -hmm. um, it, it does seem that, you know, despite a lot of the things that he's gone through, he has reached, it seems like, a, a place of peace in his life. Um, and he's a little yeah, bit, yeah. His, some of the edge has been taken off. So when I hear him sing something like, you never change, you're never going to change, and bright leaves, um, I don't know if he's talking to himself or if he's talking to somebody else. brings that up later he says you know I, i'm worried about the way we're all living and this is my love song but then he brings it back to say i'm left with my desire to change so that thing about change yeah. it's like is does he want to change for himself or is he saying to other people like you you gotta change something's gotta change here well i i think i think tweety very famously just really only writes about himself <laughs> um, and and there's nothing wrong with that but but it's it's a it, this is less about himself more more directly like the the He's trying to address the external world through the prism of, of himself. I, there, there's an irony in that you know he's a very successful rock star, 
So, uh, you know, there's not a lot uh, of stuff that, that he, he actually can be in touch with uh, at this point in his life that, that, that is going on in the world. You know, he said, um, I, forget, I think it was in a spin interview talking about, they asked him about streaming, and he said uh, that he would rather people hear his music than have a guitar-shaped swimming pool. Which is a classic Tweety line, but at the same time, uh, he can say that because he's Jeff Tweety. And, and he went on to say, you know, of course people need to be paid more equitably. But I think I th my sense is that – and what I got out of it was that this was um, an attempt at sort of relating to all of this, and, and it doesn't always land for me. I think there, there are important sentiments on this, you know, an empty corner – uh, which closes out the album. You know, he's talking uh, clearly somebody who's in a in a really bad place. But the the conceit of the song is just just remember there's family out there. Eight tiny lines of cocaine left on a copy machine in an empty corner of a dream. My sleep could not complete The sirens and the birds And you and I are too far apart And my eyes need a shade What else can go wrong? Giving hope through the music, however you get it, is is one of the reasons stuff is out there. But he, he also, I mean, you mentioned you know the Mermaid Avenue stuff. They they made music with Billy Bragg. So so you know if not now, then when <laughs> do we get angry Wilka? Like I want Wilka to save the world, man. I I wonder if somebody like Jeff Tweedy can even wrap his head around saving the world given what he right. probably has to go through just to keep himself sane every day yeah no that's a good question that's a good question it's it's um and it it, it makes for me this um it, i know this is this is an extremely like anticipated extremely like there's a huge media push for it and everything but uh it is something i've come to like about this band is it makes it a smaller album you know, we what we expect from a lot of our bands, I think, uh, is that everything is a masterpiece and everything is just going to be the best ever, the best version of that band. Uh, and and it's often not right. Uh, and and this is, you know, if you take Star Wars, Schmilko and this together, it's a good, pretty good triptych of albums. It is, yeah, and I think that's that's a good point because what you know, I mentioned the run of albums before where they came up with this generic sound, mm -hmm. and Star Wars was part of that. Um, you know, they they were putting out these albums very just sort of quietly without a lot of fanfare and very quickly, and I think that 
I was able to, as they were putting that stuff out, not get hung up on the details and, you know, say like, you know, there's, there's good stuff here. It's not Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It's not one of the right. you know greatest albums ever, but there's good stuff and it's keeping the band going and they're expressing themselves. That's why I think with this one, I was a little bit more like, maybe this is going to be a big statement because they've had three years, um, yeah. you know, Tweety's gone off and done stuff. They're coming back. They're excited to be together as a band. Are they just going to kind of jump back on that train or is this time in this space going to allow them to to make a big mark? You know, it's funny, like, I think it's been like 26 months or something like that, that they were off, which in the grand scheme of things is like nothing. I mean, think yes. about how long like Radiohead and U2 and, and right, you know, right. even Beyonce or somebody like that take between albums. But then when those albums come out, you're absolutely right. It's like they have to be this big masterpiece, which is like the antithesis of Wilco, which is just like, hey, man, you know, here's the next 10 songs we wrote. You know, now yeah, we're yeah, yeah, and and not many bands. Hey, look, not many bands can afford to do that, but not many bands do that this, these days. Um, you know, and and it's actually honestly refreshing. So, like, you know, with that, did did that meet your expectation? Well, I, tr I I've, I've, if I've learned anything about being a music fan, it's to try to put expectations aside. And so, yeah. I think <laughs> I think it's more than rather than expectation. I think it was more questions. And on first listen, it was it wasn't the drastically different thing that I thought it might be, but I think yeah. that it is a new direction for them um, with some of the last few albums kind of peppered in there uh, and, and some old sounds. The other thing is that like, even with this stuff with, you know, particularly at the beginning of the album, these, these songs that have this sparse, per, you know, kind of four, four percussion and stuff. Mm. If you listen closely in the background, there's a lot of airy, guitar and keyboard textures um really it's a really great sounding record it's a great headphones record um but it's almost like i was like i've heard a lot of this on other records and i almost it almost a lot sound... of it on other wilco records well but but yeah from I mean... a while ago but like i'm almost like is this wilco being influenced by the bands that for the last 15 yeah, 20 yeah. years were influenced by yankee hotel foxtrot Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the loop closes in on itself. Uh, exactly. Snake eats its tail. Yeah. That, that's an interesting uh, way to look at it. I think, I mean, they're definitely, especially you have somebody like Nils Klein in the band, but I bet all of the guys, uh, Mikhail, the, uh, the keyboard player. And, um, you know, when you, uh, they, they can't not be influenced by, by the music going on. Right. They, there's no way they're not, but Especially when you have Tweedy talking, and I've read that same Spin article um, about how he listens to everything every Friday because right, he can right. now. And he's, I've heard him say other places, he's like, yeah, you better, you know, you believe it. I'm, li I'm listening to Lizzo and I'm listening to Billie Eilish and all that stuff. Even if I just check it out and I don't like it, I'm listening to everything. Yeah, which which is honestly the way you should be, right? And 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 I think it definitely informs this. I think one thing, a headphone record is right for this, which I haven't said about a Wilco album since Summer Teeth, uh, I think. And uh, and there there is a lot of like tonal work going on in the background here. That that is where Nels is let out of the holster a little bit, but but it's not necessarily like from my expectations, I, I just wanted one ripping guitar piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I mean coming off of uh, I don't know if you followed what Nels has been doing. He did the quartet that had uh, Julian Lage was a member of that. His oh, lovers yeah. L his lovers LP is is fantastic. If anybody listening has not heard that, go out and buy that immediately. Uh he's he's a fantastic guitarist and and musician just all around. 
And uh, so he is sort of fitting that role. I mean, he brought a lot, I think, of lovers to this, like what he was doing on that, because there was a lot of composition involved and not just like playing a rock or a pop song. But, but man, you know, just, it doesn't have to be impossible Germany, but just, yeah, just yeah. rip something out. So, so we know you're there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we and, always have a live show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and that, that brings me to that. Like you, you, you always have the live show. These, what's fascinating about this band more than, uh, any other band that isn't like explicitly like that, like jam bands pride themselves on being like, you know what the album, maybe don't worry about it. We're just going to explore this stuff live, but that's not the case with Wilco. They, the, the albums are very intentional. They're meant to do be a completely uh, unique sound, a unique statement, but live these opened up and I have seen uh, streams of some of these songs already. And they're already becoming these weird sonic beast that i mean if you think you're you're sort of crushed down by those marching steps <laughs> now uh it it gets like very like psychedelic in a way that they have not been before at any point in their career and that that's kind of exciting uh especially if you consider that like, tweety's drug free so where where do they go from here well uh wherever they want to i mean where, where i'd like to see them go i think i, I agree with you I'd, I'd like to see them head more in a rock direction without mm. taking steps back towards where they were 10 years ago. Um, I think given the experimentation we see here, um, maybe they could do a little bit more uh, electric guitar playing on record, which we haven't seen much in the last couple of records. Right. Right. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really along with the ride with, with them at this point, you know, um, I'm, unless they do something really egregious, I, I just like having new welcome music and I like being able to see them live, you know, once every year or so that that's really the point I'm at with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to seeing them live. I, I'm really, I, I don't know if you listen to Jeff Tweedy's solo albums and I, I'm, and this is, oh yeah, like, I, I'm a jaded Wilco fan, but I, I just don't ha have too much. I don't have much more patience for, you know, Jeff Tweedy's cabin in the fields. <laughs> um, because because I don't because I don't know that and, and I should say you know my my wife my lady like our first date was a Jeff Tweedy solo show so so this is coming from a place of of, of love for, for this guy's work and it's just uh, maybe I don't relate to what he's saying anymore uh, maybe I have just grown cold and heartless I I don't know but but something about what he's saying. Uh, when it comes to stuff like that, just doesn't resonate anymore with me. And and I found myself finding moments on this though that resonated. I and think that, yeah, yeah. I think to get back to like the expectation about the record, if I had one hope, it was that it didn't. This didn't just sound like the Tweety solo records. That was right. one thing I was because I think just like we talked about generic Wilco, the Tweety solo stuff was very unique and you know great. And I've seen some just amazing Tweety solo shows. Um, he's a great performer, but when, by the time he got to warm and warmer, I was a little bit like, all right, didn't we, we've heard all this before. Um, yeah. and so I kind of wondered, you know, is this just the mode he's in now? But it seems like, you know, especially coming back to Wilco, he does have this different compartment in his brain still. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, they're, they're back at it. I, I, I just, I want, I want, I, I can't, you can't say this about any band, but I, I want him to pick up the pace. <laughs> without with with albums and just you know they they have nothing to lose they're a monolith now uh but the in being monolith they can be a model to other bands and like we were talking about smaller albums like it doesn't 
it doesn't matter obviously to them if this album doesn't you know sell as much as Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Uh, so just keep making albums, keep actually pushing the limits uh, of stuff like that, and and even like change up the sound. I know, like uh, Sturgill Simpson just put out a new album. People are like, "Ooh, changed up the sound." Like that's actually okay. That's fine. Uh, you you should do that and just accept that. Like at this point in time, like this is the best version of Wilco that there's ever been, and they're they're truly a band. You can hear the the cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's super important to like any man that you know that they're a unit and not just, you know, Tweety pushing around the parts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, that's, I think that's probably what I recognize being such a music fan who's geared towards live music is that Mm. I think in 2007, when I get into them, I recognize that they were a band at that point, um, you know, which they have been since, since Nels joined. Um, and and I think they recognize that since there hasn't been any lineup changes. And, and you're right. They are um, they are now probably the best version of themselves. Yeah, yeah. So go out and get it. That's what I would say. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. It's, uh, it's a great little slice of Wilco. Uh, but uh, thanks for hanging out, Matt. We're going to take a quick short break. Come back and finish this thing out. Wilco's Ode to Joy is available everywhere you can buy fine records. I suggest you actually go out and do so. I am going to pick up that along with Schmilko and Star Wars uh, uh, pretty soon here. Pretty soon on, on the vinyl. I've been I was slacking on my Wilco ownership of, of the Latter-day albums, but I think I'm going to get back into it. This is a, it's a powerful listen and uh, well worth your time. Thanks to Matt for hanging out. Hopefully you'll hear him back on this this podcast from time to time. Uh, that is it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, you know what to do. Tell your friends. Hit us up on the socials. We are at Chunky Glasses everywhere. That's because we're a Chunky Glasses production. If you go to ChunkyGlasses.com, you're going to see all of our great Discologist podcasts. Pretty soon all our Dead to Me's are going to be up there. And also the amazing live work of Mauricio Castro and his crew of dedicated photogs in in Washington D.C. We are growing. Check out um, Reggie Cunningham's recent coverage of Lizzo at the Anthem. It's spectacular. Lizzo is spectacular, but it's just like this is a, this is a pairing. It's great, is what I'm saying. But go and check out that. Uh, we are also available on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you want to listen to us there, uh, coming up in the next week or so, what do we have? see checks notes uh gonna be talking with kim ware of the good graces she has a new album out called pros and consciousness that is we, we you, you've heard kim talking about um laurie mckenna before if you haven't heard her music uh we are hopefully going to be talking about the grateful dead's new set saint of circumstance and then uh a lot of other cool shit because that's all we do here cool shit 
to feel like cool shit. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in future days. Until then, be good to your ears. Be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>